Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Cavs fans, we hope you love Cavalier Central. If you're looking for more great basketball podcasts to listen to, please check out these other shows from the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, the CoachMaze.com podcast, and Beyond the Ball. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the bubble. Not the Orlando bubble, but the potential Chicago bubble. The NBA is strongly considering a second bubble in Chicago for the non-Orlando teams. Those teams being Chicago, Atlanta, New York, Charlotte, Detroit, Minnesota, Golden State, and Cleveland. The details of this bubble are still being worked out. It's likely to be very similar to the Orlando bubble as far as rules on quarantine and just all the all the living condition rules. Gives the teams a reason to come together and play real games, you know, for players. You don't want to have a layoff from when the suspension happened in March all the way to December when next season is going to be starting. That's that's really way too long for, for anybody, especially professional, to, to go without playing. So it'll be good for especially a lot of these young teams to get together and come just to play in a real game-like situation, not just workouts and the team facilities. And it gives the NBA reasons to put more games on TV, you know, that, that'll help generate some revenue and an opportunity to, again, just, just get some revenue when you've had a lot of lost time. There have been some coaches that have doubted the idea of a bubble in Chicago. Dwayne Casey, in particular, I've seen recommend the possibility of regional mini camps instead of a bubble, one big bubble with everybody together. In that scenario, we'd see, say, Detroit and Cleveland get together to play each other, just to have scrimmages between those two teams. You could also see it with maybe Chicago and Minnesota and maybe Golden State could come together, and then Atlanta, New York, and Charlotte, and then Cleveland, Detroit. That would be another possibility that we could see, although it seems like the Chicago bubble is likely to be happening here. But that would just be, again, another opportunity to play without having to have everybody in one spot. But assuming that the Chicago bubble does happen, looking at the Cavs, if the rules are the same as the Orlando bubble, the Cavaliers will have 10, 17 roster spots for the restart. So going down the list, starting with Darius Garland, he is very likely to play. He struggled in his rookie season, but he did show plenty of flashes of potential. I think he proved himself as a, a real shooter and Despite his, you know, below average athleticism, he has the opportunity to be a very, very good offensive player. And he recently said that he didn't really feel like himself during the season, you know, coming off that injury that he suffered in college, limited most of his college career, that knee injury. Giving him some time to play in Chicago would be an opportunity to prove himself and prove that he wasn't himself during the season. You know, he'd be able to show off, hopefully with some more confidence in that knee, the ability to hopefully get to the line a little bit more, you know, drive in and really use your body to get to the line, which is something he really did not do anything during the season. He had like, I think maybe one attempt per game from the free throw line. So it'd be good to see him out there more comfortable, which, you know, we would probably see again anyway next season, but any more playing time you can get for these guys, the better moving down to Colin Sexton. Again, he absolutely should play. 
Um, two of his biggest weaknesses from his first two seasons were playmaking, you know, obviously just the lack of vision, and defense. Now, he does try on defense. He's, you know, obviously a fierce competitor, but he doesn't always know where to be, and he likes to play up on guys a little bit too much. He just needs to settle down and, you know, be a, a, a smarter defender. The best way to, you know, work on something like that is by playing live games. Playing in the bubble will give him and everyone else, you know, a a chance, an opportunity to not only develop chemistry with teammates, you know, and work on, you know, finding the open man, it'll also give him a time, you know, to to work on his defense, work on positioning and everything else, just bad habits. It'll also give the Cavs more time to evaluate the Sexton-Garland duo ahead of this coming draft. You know, if, if they're playing really, really well together, then maybe that influences your decision. You know, maybe you stick with your guy if you're, you're dead set on a guard. But again, more of an opportunity to see those two play together before the draft. Never a bad thing. So again, some things to work on for Colin would be fixing bad habits on defense and finding teammates on offense. Moving down to Matthew Delvadova. Matthew Delvadova should not play in the bubble. I doubt he will. A lot less for vets to gain playing in this bubble than it would be for a younger guy. I mean, you know, anybody can benefit from playing, especially with this long of a layoff. But there's less to gain, I think, for a veteran, especially one being an unrestricted free agent like Del Vadova. He's technically not going to... He's not even... We're not certain that he's going to be on the team next year. The Cavaliers haven't said anything about it yet, but... He is an unrestricted free agent, so we don't even know if he's coming back. We don't know if the Cavaliers are interested in bringing him back. There's a good chance they are, but for him, there's no reason to risk getting injured, I don't think. But either way, for Matthew Delvadova, not really a whole lot of reason to play. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent this year, and no reason to risk getting injured to you know complicate his free agency. So moving on to Dante Exum. Dante Exum should probably play. That's not a definite, though. Again, the reason for him to play would be get you know developing chemistry with his teammates, which is especially important as a point guard, especially one who didn't play that long with the Cavs. You know, he he had some run, but he came over after the trade deadline, and then obviously the season got cut short, and he also dealt with injuries. So we didn't see too much of Dante Exum playing in the bubble would give him an opportunity to work on his game. You know, shooting more threes which is something he shot at a solid percent, but he didn't take too many per game. So that would give him, you know, the opportunity to just let some fly in games that don't really matter and just develop some confidence shooting threes in games without real consequences. You know, as far as, you know, the win-loss record. Biggest reason for him not to play would be durability, considering, again, he just has been injured so much. In the past three seasons, Exum has played in 14 42 and 35 games due to various injuries. He was out with an ankle injury at the time of the shutdown. Perhaps he could play with a minute restriction. We'd have to see what happens there. But I think if you can get him on the floor and keep him healthy, obviously very beneficial to get him in there. Moving down, Kevin Porter Jr. Again, absolutely should play. No reason not to. Larry Nance Jr. recently said it best that what KPJ needs to take his game to the next level is really just experience. Continue to you know build on those flashes of potential that we've seen throughout the season and work on building that into something more consistent. 
Similarly to Exum, you can just let the threes fly and continue building confidence and taking them. You know, no reason to, to not try to expand your game in this again. You know, and when wins and losses don't count, you can just, for all these guys, it's just going to allow them to work on their games. Similar to, you know, Sexton and Garland as well. You can use this as an opportunity to work on some bad habits on defense. You know, try to stop fouling as much. And overall, nothing, nothing to lose for a lot of these young guys to play. Moving on again with Dylan Windler. Absolutely should play if he's healthy. If he is able to, it's probably more important for Windler to play than any other Cavalier in Chicago. He missed the whole season due to a stress fracture in his leg. We last saw him play in the Summer League when he played really, really well. But it'd be interesting to see him against you know NBA-level competition, and it'll be able to We'll be able to watch him play with, you know, NBA level teammates too. In summer league, he carried a pretty bad Cavs team through the Vegas summer league. He played very well, but he was also, you know, the, the focal point of the whole team. It'll be nice to see him in more of a complimentary role, playing off of guys like KPJ and Sexton and Garland. And it'll also be interesting to see how he plays against again NBA level competition how is he gonna is, is he gonna be able to stay in front of guys how is he gonna be able to work on ball against an NBA level defender and it'll also give him an opportunity to again build chemistry with teammates before the start of next season being he really hasn't played with any of these guys yet so that'll be really really valuable and especially as a shooter just to for other guys to learn his tendencies off ball and be nowhere to find him it'll be really really important for Winler to play if he's able to Moving on to Jetty Osmond, again, should play. It might be complicated for him, though. I'm not really sure how it's going to work out. The benefits of playing are, you know, as obvious as everyone else as far as working on defense and just continuing to to play and get reps and, you know, mesh with this group, which I think Jetty, you know, has played a lot with a lot of these guys. But again, with Dylan Windler and Exum and just, Continuing to get minutes with those guys who are, you know, going to be your teammates moving forward. But he is still in Turkey, which, like America, is not on the European Union safe travel list. So getting over to the States and into Chicago might be complicated for him. I don't know exactly how that's going to work. There's no other reasons really for him not to play. And we've seen other international players come back for the Orlando bubble, but there's still uncertainty. Again, I don't really know exactly what Jetty's situation is, but there could be some complications there. Moving on to Alfonso McKinney. Again, Alfonso absolutely should play as someone with a partial guarantee. The Chicago bubble would provide him with an opportunity to show that, you know, he deserves to be on the roster next year. Long layoff isn't good for any player, like I said, but especially one who's fighting to stay on a roster, you know. And I think, I should say that I I think that Alfonso McKinney will be on the roster regardless. He's I think proven throughout the course of last season that he deserves to be here. And he also plays a position of scarcity, you know, not just some of the league, but especially on the Cavs at small forward. So I, I expect to see Alfonso on the roster next season regardless. And he is a valuable player. But again, he, he's, he needs to play to prove himself. And, you know, he needs to keeping in rhythm is going to be just as important for him as anybody on the roster being that he doesn't have a guarantee and he needs to continue to play well. So similar for the next guy here, Dean Wade um, has a partial guarantee for future seasons. 
And this would be the Cavs' first real look at Wade against NBA-level competition. You know, we saw him make a few appearances with the Cavs, but nothing real, and it was all garbage time. And we've seen him play well with the charge. You know, we saw him a little bit in Summer League. But his performance in Chicago could play a large role in his status with the team moving forward, depending on, you know, if, if he plays well, he would cement himself as a piece on this roster for you know, the next few years. And I think even if he were to have a poor outing, he would probably still be on the roster next season just to get a full look at him. But say Wade plays great in this Chicago bubble, we could see him, you know, as a real candidate for real minutes at the start of next season. Moving on to Jordan Bell. Again, Jordan Bell absolutely should play in this restart, considering that his contract is non-guaranteed for next season. This would have, this would essentially serve as an audition for Jordan Bell. He'll also have the preseason next year, but this is going to be, you know, an extended look at him to see exactly what the Cavs have, to see, you know, how he'll fit with some of the young pieces, to, you know, especially with some of the Cavs bigs potentially not playing. He'll have an opportunity to get plenty of minutes and prove that, you know, he deserves to be on this team. So, Moving on to some of those bigs who may or may not play, we'll start with Kevin Love. Quick side note on Kevin Love before we get into it. He was recently inducted into the UCLA Athletic Hall of Fame, along with Russell Westbrook, Dave Roberts, Lauren Holiday, Mike Powell, Adam Wright, Tasha Swickert, Kiara Goral, and Noel Quinn. He took UCLA to the Final Four in 2008, so congratulations to Kevin on that. When he'll actually get inducted is to be determined, obviously, with current situations. It's not like they're going to be doing this right now anyway. So moving on to whether or not he will play in the Chicago bubble, the answer is kind of complicated for him. Again, it's unlikely that we'll see a lot of veterans play. I mean, some definitely will, but you know, an established player like Love maybe opts out. You, again, you're not playing for anything. These games are just, just to get playing again, which does have value, but it might not be worth getting injured for Love, you know, especially for Love, who, again, has dealt with injuries throughout his career. But especially in the past couple of seasons here, he's had various injuries. But on the other hand, he has expressed a desire to play. And, you know, think about the competition level that we're going to be playing against in Chicago. Again, for a guy like Dylan Windler or, you know, a Dean Wade, it's more than they've seen in the past. But for a guy like Kevin Love, you're not playing against, you know, the playoff caliber teams. You're playing against some of the, well, the the eight worst teams in the league, which it's still NBA players, but it's not the highest level of competition. So getting the chance for Love to shine against some of these bad teams, you know, if he goes in against these lower competition and really, really plays well, that could help him increase his trade value. He's also, you know, talking about injury concerns, well, that could you know, make if say he were to get injured in Chicago, that could make a trade more complicated. But it's not like he's, you know, got a new contract coming soon. He's he's financially secured under contract for the next three years. So again, playing in or or playing in Chicago, not Orlando, would complicate things potentially for trade, either for you know better or worse. But his contract is secure, so that along with the fact that he has expressed some desire just to play. And I think for anybody, it'll be good to just not have, again, that that really, really long layoff from March to December. 
So I think that it's likely to see Kevin Love play, but just know that that's not a guarantee by any means. Moving on to Larry Nance Jr., he again likely will play. He's someone else who is seems to state a desire to play, but another complicated one due to his Crohn's disease, which is an autoimmune disease, which could you know complicate him with coronavirus. You know that would put him at higher risk if he were to catch it. But again, we've, the bubble might be safer anyway. We've seen Adam Silver say that with Orlando, and again. The NBA announced that out of you know the 346 players who were in Orlando, zero of them tested positive, which is really a promising sign as far as you know looking at what's safer, the outside world or the bubble. You know, being in the bubble might be the safer option anyway. So playing would give him again an opportunity to work on his perimeter game, you know, on offense, allowing him to further develop his three-point shot. You know, like I said, with with Dante Exum and Kevin Porter Jr., playing in a game where, you know, wins and losses really don't count towards anything, you should just be working on, you know, developing your game and working on some of your weaknesses. For a guy like Larry Nance, we have seen the three come along very well. I think he still has a little bit of a ways to go, but if Larry Nance is able to get to a point where, you know, he has that three-point shot as a legitimate threat, I think that would be huge for him considering... You know, up to this point in his career, obviously he's he's not somebody who base who relies solely on his athleticism, but it has been a large part of his game. And as he's heading into you know his his late twenties and as he gets into his thirties, and that athleticism starts to to wane and decline a little bit, having a legitimate three point shot and being a legitimate threat from outside will really be huge for his career. So a time like this where you have, again, just an opportunity to let it fly, could be really, really, really important for Larry Nance. Moving on to Tristan Thompson, I would be shocked if we saw Tristan Thompson play. I don't really see any reason for him to. It would be nice to see him off the team, you know, whether he's even playing or not. It'd be nice to just see him around and with the young guys. But again, doesn't ultimately make sense for him. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent this offseason, so we don't know if he's coming back or not. Again... No reason to get risk getting injured and put your future at risk. Tristan, even if he does sign a one-year deal this offseason, is still in line to get a fair amount of money this offseason, whether it's from the Cavs or somewhere else. And, you know, if he were to play and suffer a substantial injury, that you know, that could be the difference between getting $10 million this offseason and getting a veteran minimum. So it'd be nice to see him play. It'd be nice to see him, you know, continue to take kind of a leadership role with his team. And maybe he'll still be around the team. But even then, being an unrestricted free agent, I don't even know if he's going to travel with the team just because he might not be with the team. So why stick around? Moving on to Andre Drummond. He might play. We're really not sure. (laughs) It would be certainly good for him, as it would be for everybody else. To get some run with his new teammates would be really, really important. Again, he didn't play very many games with the Cavs after the deadline, and considering that the shutdown happened, it'd be really good to see him mesh a little bit more with, you know, the backcourt and just with everybody. You know, whether he's part of this team's future or not, he will be here next season. So, and again, somebody who we kind of saw freelance anyway during the season as far as taking some threes and just trying to expand his game, 
Whether that's a good thing for him or not, moving forward, the Chicago bubble would again give him a chance. And maybe in this scenario, we could see the Cavaliers actually work on getting him some open three-point looks within the offense, not just him taking the ball off the floor and just kind of catching the ball or you know just, just shooting randomly, which is kind of what he did. A lot of Andre's three-point attempts with the Cavs were just kind of you know, disrupting the flow of the offense. He just kind of got it and stopped the offense and shot. You know, maybe playing in the Chicago bubble would give him a chance to work on an actual pick, pick and pop with, with Darius or Colin. And again, that would give him, those two guys, an opportunity to work on, again, finding an open man off of a pick and pop. So there would be value to him playing. But considering that he does only have one year left on his deal, and again, he is a veteran, maybe not worth risking the injury just because these games don't mean anything. So, you know, again, say this is somebody that gets hurt, he might spend next season rehabbing instead of, you know, playing great and having a, you know, career season, you know, and playing for that next contract. Moving to the last player under the con- under under contract with the Cavs at least last season, Ante Zizic. He's not going to play, he's gone. We already talked about this last episode. He's going to Real Madrid, his, you know, he'll be out of here as soon as his contract expires. So, do not expect to see Ante Zizic play in the Chicago bubble. So, that leaves us with, you know, maybe 10 to 11, maybe 12 players playing in, or, or not, I keep wanting to say Orlando, in Chicago for the Cavs. Cavs may look at Canton for the rest of the roster spots. You know, they might go to the charge to fill out the rest of the roster. So, going through some names on the Canton charge that might make an appearance with the Cavs in the bubble. Starting with Matt Mooney, who I think is, you know, highly likely. He was he was on a two-way with the Cavs when the league shut down. He's only 23. He's kind of undersized. He you know, he's one of those guys who, you know, not really a natural point guard, but kind of too small to play the two. But he's obviously somebody that the Cavs like. You know, they had him on a two-way, and he does have some offense potential. He's a good shooter, so I would not be surprised at all if he is somebody that we saw in Chicago. J.B. Makura is another one, a 24-year-old guard who was on the Cavs preseason roster, and he also had a 10-day with the Cavs in February. He played one minute in that 10-day contract. He also played two games last year with the Charlotte Hornets, so somebody, again, who I think has some on-ball scoring ability, and he has decent size at 6'4". So, you know, all, a lot of these guys are very flawed players. Obviously, they're in the G League, but it'd be a good chance for the Cavs to just get a look at them and see, you know, if they want to keep them around and develop them because a lot of these guys are young. So, moving on to Malik Newman, a 22-year-old guard who was, again, on the preseason roster. He's been with the charge. He got a 10-day contract in February. He played four minutes in that 10-day contract with the Cavs, and he made two free throws in that time. So I really don't know a whole lot about Malik Newman. I haven't really gotten the chance to watch him play that much. You know, I've seen some highlights of him. And again, somebody with some solid size that the Cavaliers, I'm sure, would like to get an extended look at. And again, with all these guys, one of the biggest things is going to be able to see them against NBA caliber competition to see how they hold up. You know, same with Matt Mooney and JP and all the other guys I'm going to be talking about. You know, if they can if they can hold their own against a real NBA roster, then somebody the Cavaliers might want to keep around moving forward. 
Moving on, we have Sir Dominic Pointer, a 27-year-old forward. He was drafted by the Cavs in 2015. Cavs actually signed him to a 10-day contract right before the league shut down. He finished second in the G League for the Defensive Player of the Year, made first-team all-G League defense. That's his calling card. He really is a strong defender, you know, good, strong, athletic. Again, I, I haven't watched a ton of these guys play. I've seen highlights, but I, I can't give you a super in-depth analysis of G Leaguers. It seems like Dominic Pointer has been around forever. If I feel like he's been on the Cavs, you know, preseason roster for since, since 2015. So obviously somebody the Cavs like, he sticked around, he stuck around this long. And another d- guy who can defend. So, you know, call back to last episode when we were talking about, you know, the Cavaliers' biggest needs being a defensive wing. Here's a defensive wing. You know, again, very unpolished on offense, but somebody who the Cavaliers, you know, could continue to get a look at. Moving on, we have my favorite player out of all of these, Marquise Bolden, a 21-year-old center. He was... One of the last cuts from the training camp roster, he was the second to last cut. Jarrell Martin was the last in the preseason back in training camp. He was also signed to a 10-day contract in January where he had three minutes of play. And in those three minutes, he did get two rebounds and a steal. So (laughs) promising stuff there for Marquise Bolden. But, you know, again, somebody that we saw play in the summer league, he played well there, I thought. I was hoping that he would make the Cavaliers full-time roster this season. The Cavaliers opted not to, you know, not to keep anybody in that 15th roster spot at the beginning of the season just to save a little bit of money. So that didn't end up happening, but somebody who I like and I'm glad they've kept around and I would like to see on the roster, if not next year, at some point moving forward. And if he doesn't get an opportunity with the Cavs, I think that he is somebody who will be in the league at some point. Again, has good size, strong rebounder, somebody who I think, you know, is is raw and, you know, is needs work on his game like all these guys, but somebody who I could see developing into a, a real rotation caliber NBA center. And the last guy I have on my list out of the G League is Sheldon Mack, another 27-year-old. He's a guard. He was also on a two-way contract when the – what was he on a t- – he was on. He was under contract with the Cavs. I I apologize. I wrote down two way. It may have been a ten day contract. It was a ten day contract. I wrote down two way. He was on a ten day contract along with Sir Dominic Pointer before the league shut down. He's been all over the place. He's been in, with the Cavs this past season in Canton. Well, with the Charge this past season in Canton. He again didn't get an opportunity to play. Neither did Pointer, just because they signed right before the league shut down. He has spent some time with the Wizards in the past, and I think he actually had a good chance of making the roster with the Wizards long-term a few years ago. I think he got hurt, and they ended up cutting him. But again, somebody who's been all over the place, who has shown some flashes of being an NBA player at the NBA level. So again, somebody who could get some run with the Cavs and could possibly prove that he deserves to be on an NBA roster. So, again, those are some players that I think we could see playing in Chicago. I think we'll see a lot of the Cavs' main roster play. I think there are a few guys who probably won't. But, again, you know, we'll see a lot of these G League guys come in. And 
I'm excited to get an op- an extended look at a lot of these guys because again, I haven't seen them play a lot, but you know, this is, this will be a really good chance to. And again, the, the Chicago bubble is not something that has been finalized yet. We're not a hundred percent sure what's going on there. You know, there really haven't been a ton of details to come out about that in a while, but we will likely see it happen this fall. And again, with the NBA announcing that none of the players that were in the Orlando bubble testing positive, that is a very, very, very promising sign for the potential Chicago bubble. You know, the fact that this is working out, the fact that we saw, you know, on a, on a smaller scale, TBT, the basketball tournament workout, I think that there's a very, very, very strong chance that we see the Chicago bubble happen. And, you know, again, happen. It'll, it'll be something that will succeed. You know, we will see this happen and I don't think everything will crumble as long as they keep a similar set of rules to the Orlando bubble. So that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed, leave a review, leave a rating. You can follow the show on Twitter or on Instagram at CavCentralPod. And that's all I have. Thank you for listening. See you again soon. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.